Welcome to Strategic Staffing 24-7 Podcast. Our podcast is designed to give clinicians and nursing leaders the insider information they need to succeed when they work with staffing agencies and receive all the benefits this model has to offer. I'm Trisha Stackhouse, your host and Vice President of Operations at Integrated Healthcare Staffing, the sponsor of Strategic Staffing 24-7. Today's episode is for our clinicians. We know getting paid is important, and we want to talk about how to make sure clinicians get paid accurately and on time every time. With the help of my guest, Olivia Gray, we'll be unveiling how getting paid works at Integrated. Olivia is a staffing expert with experience on many sides of the industry. I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with her. She's currently specializing in our payroll systems at Integrated, and she knows all the details behind how to get people paid. She also knows what breaks down when people don't get paid as quickly as they'd like to, and will be important in our discussion today. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for asking me to do this with you. I'm so glad you were able to. I want to start with the good news um, that many listening to our podcast actually experienced a pay increase when we updated our rates in 2023. We're really glad that we were able to pass that along to our very valued clinicians. Additional good news, we have launched the availability to see your integrated um, clinician portal timesheets and when they're being processed. So if you've noticed now, in addition to indicating if you've successfully uploaded a timesheet, they turn green once they've been processed. And that's the first indicator that everything was, was submitted accurately. Um, and finally, we just announced that you can now get your your pay stubs electronically. And I know this is something everybody's been wanting. And so you can immediately see what you've been paid and the detailed breakdown. These changes are gonna help everybody gain a more accurate and timely view into the process that gets you paid and, and even the ability to track it. But today we wanna take and increase that visibility even more. So Olivia, maybe you can start by laying out the three keys to getting paid the right amount and on time. You want to run through those? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So the first thing I think it's super important to keep in mind is payday is every Friday. We pay every Friday, which is better than the usual two-day, two-week payday. With a weekly pay cycle, it does mean, though, that we are processing up to a thousand time cards every single week. Wow. If someone misses the current week cycle, that time card will then just be processed the following next cycle, as long as all these criteria are met. That cycle does take a full week, so we do have deadlines to keep up with these. Mm -hmm. That kind of leads me to my next key. The uh, To get paid on time, it's essential that you submit accurate time cards on time. Right now, we require timesheets every midnight on Sunday. I like to say 11.59 p.m. just to kind of make sure you're submitting them on the right day of the week. Um, and this is not a guideline. This is an important rule um, because we have to begin processing time cards right away Monday morning to ensure that everyone gets paid on Friday. The final key to getting paid on time is always gonna be accuracy. If we begin to process a timesheet and it doesn't have accurate information, we sometimes have the ability to reach out quickly on a Monday, but we do have a very narrow window to get that information corrected. Um, if we don't get a prompt response and the deadline for that week be, uh, passes, that time card once corrected will get processed the following week. So that delay is never very long. Um, Pay sheets are a legal document that impact the really important act, uh, to outcome, which is getting paid on time. I highly encourage people to be really detail oriented. Um, the more information is better. 
We love people paying people on time. Um, every pay cycle, I'd say there's maybe five to 10 on process timesheets. Yeah, I know, Olivia, that we focus on getting everybody paid. And with a thousand timesheets, that's a lot to get done in such a quick turnaround. And as you mentioned, maybe five or 10 don't get processed in a timely manner that are submitted. And that's usually due to, to inaccuracies. I know if we get something on time, it gets turned around really quickly. And that's mm -hmm. our goal because we know that people are working for us to get paid. But those inaccuracies, the, the times that we can't catch them because we are going very fast. I know that that payroll team is just going, 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 going. And so they don't always catch things in that first round. When you do see those inaccuracies, what typically happens? What are some of the common things that you see? Right. So in the case that we were to start processing a time card, it does not have the full detailed information. Someone from the local integrated branch is going to reach out to the clinician, most likely via email and request either more information or clarification. This is almost always resolved with just a few days, sometimes a few hours if we can catch it on a Monday morning, um, and then it will be processed with that next pay cycle. We strongly encourage our clinicians to watch your emails on Monday mornings as we are processing payroll. Um, if there is an issue and we have that moment to reach out, we're going to send a payroll email and ask for a reply as soon as possible. Yeah, that's great information. Just checking those emails. There's so much information. I know my email box gets full, but knowing to check it on Monday morning so that I can quickly respond would be great. Um, you mentioned inaccuracies, and I know that I've seen some of those communications that you've sent out. Um, what are some of the, the most common inaccuracies that, that create this need for follow-up? What are things that our clinicians often miss? So most of the time when I see something that's not um, missing some kind of information, it's when something on the clinician end has changed and our system has not been updated accurately. Uh, for example, um, the hours are pre-approved for a shift time and then the shift time you end up working differs and we haven't been updated on the staffing side. Um, we go to process that timesheet and it doesn't match. So then we have to reach out both to the clinician, sometimes the client and ask for approval to then go ahead and match those hours. Um, additionally, insufficient information on a time card, whether that be not having a supervisor's signature, not having the name of the facility or your end time, any of those missing information details will cause a delay. Yeah, I know I've seen, I've seen that. And I think uh, one of the common things that I've seen are, are clinicians that have great relationships with our facilities and they self-book and don't mm -hmm. let us know. And so then we get that time card and we don't see it on their calendar. We're not sure if it was an error on the time card or if it was actually an additional shift. And then there's just a lot of back and forth that has to happen. So much easier if they just communicate on the front end. I know you mentioned um, inaccurate information, missing facility name, missing employee name, missing signatures. I know that sometimes there's also extra things that sometimes get missed. Can you talk a little bit about things like lunches, overtime, mileage? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So one thing that I do notice is that because there is a line on each time card that says no lunch permitted and or mileage, some people are under the impression that because it's on the time card, you can add that information and it's automatically paid. However, that is not the case. Things, anything outside of a normal pay, such as mileage, not taking a lunch, 
those all do require pre-approval. And so that is something you would want to get pre-approved with your staffing coordinator. So that way, when we receive the time card with that information, it would match accordingly. Does that about cover it? Yeah, perfect. Um, I do want to point, uh, point out, though, that even when inaccuracies do occur, our clinicians always get paid. Um, our weekly pay cycle means that even if something is missed on that one pay cycle, it's a very short time before we are processing payroll again. Um, plus, one thing I always do want to mention is we offer what we call a draw or an advance, which are really big help from a cash flow perspective. Yeah, I think our advance policy is a great an easy way to take advantage um, of the ability to get cash for our clinicians. Um, I know it's something that we only allow clinicians to do once a week, but can you describe a little bit about what it's for and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So what it's designed for is to benefit someone who's already worked, but needs their pay a little bit faster than waiting until that following Friday. So all clinicians are allowed one pay advance per week, um, and you can include as many shifts that you have already worked with a signed time card that has not yet been submitted for payroll. Um, we pay 60% of the gross pay that would come from those signed timesheets, um, and that check is written manually. You come into the office. We always recommend that you give us a call before coming in to make sure someone who is authorized will be in the office to write that check for you once you get here. Yeah, thanks for walking us through that. I know that's also something that we have used um, when there is an inaccurate time card submitted um, to try and get someone their pay in a timely manner without having to wait to the next pay cycle. So that's typically an option. But again, as you mentioned, you have to physically come into the branch. We don't mail those out. So you do have to be fairly close to your location in order to get that. You know, there's there's not a charge, there's not interest, there's not a penalty for, for taking advantage of the advances. They're a service to our hardworking clinicians. And to reiterate, we'll write one check per week for as many timesheets um, that are complete. So they still, they have to be accurate. They have to, you know, be ready to be paid. Um, they can't have been submitted. So that's one thing for, for clinicians to, uh, to keep in mind. And I just want to remind people that to get paid accurately and on time, we need those signed time cards. We do not yet have the technology to read clinicians' minds, so we do rely on timesheets. Um, if there are unique pre-approvals or changes to your planned hourlies, um, just let us know. Communicate with your staffing team. I strongly advise that clinicians confirm these changes via text, via phone call, via email. Um, assumptions are contributors to delays. So don't assume that we know. Just get us in the loop and we'll get you paid. Well said. Well said. We really want to get everyone paid accurately and timely. And so I really appreciate, Olivia, you joining us. I think you've answered a lot of the the common questions or misperceptions that clinicians might have about getting paid. And hopefully this time was very valuable. Information is power. And you provided a lot of great information today. As a reminder to our listeners, if you want to reach out to me, Olivia, or your local integrated healthcare staffing branch office, check our show notes where you will put all that contact information. Um, and also please subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. We're available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. You're doing very important work. Everyone at Integrated is grateful for all you do to take care of others. Please join us again next time. Thanks. Thank you.
Welcome to Strategic Staffing 24-7 podcast. Our podcast is designed to give clinicians and nursing leaders the insider tips for working with staffing agencies. I'm Trisha Stackhouse, your host and Vice President of Operations at Integrated Healthcare Staffing and the sponsor of Strategic Staffing 24-7. Today's episode is for clinicians. Many of our clinicians work with us to create flexibility for important things in their life and to gain a greater sense of balance. Olivia Gray and I are going to share some secrets to building the best flexible schedule. If you don't remember Olivia from our episode on getting paid on time, she's a staffing expert with experience in staffing from a variety of different vantage points, and she's got some great scheduling hacks to share. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit today about some of the best practices for building out a great schedule for our clinicians. And, and the first thing I wanted to kind of jump into is that very first interaction after someone is hired when they're booking their first shift. And we really encourage people to book that first shift over the phone with an actual staffing coordinator versus the portal. Because the portal is really convenient and there's definitely a place and a time that we want our clinicians to use that for their convenience. Um, but when they're starting to look for locations, um, oftentimes it's best to really talk with a staffing coordinator. Um, that staffing coordinator just, they know a lot of the ins and outs. They know the details and they can really help point that clinician in the right spot. Um, you know, one of the things too that we talk about is when they're booking for the first time is not to go hog wild. Can you maybe jump in and talk about why it's not a good idea to book weeks and weeks of shifts at the same location right off the bat? Right, absolutely. So one thing we had kind of um, talked about is the idea of try before you buy, right? Yeah. So yeah, when you want to get into integrated and agency in general, we have all these different facilities. They're going to have different trends. They're going to have different cancellation rates, um, even logistics such as is parking difficult? Is it um, hard to get inside? Is there door codes? So that's really going to be how you're going to utilize your staffing coordinating team, right? They're going to know all of those details on the phone with you instead of just seeing a name in a portal. They can jump on and say, you know, this place has had this need open for a while. Perhaps maybe we want to try somewhere else. This place is going to have um, pay for parking. So maybe that's not going to work with you if you don't take public transportation. So getting on to a bunch of different clients at the same um, right at that beginning same phase and trying out a lot of different locations just seems to give you that flexibility and you can kind of start to build what you prefer where you prefer to go yeah that's that's great advice i think the other thing that goes with that is we want our employees to really enjoy where they work mm -hmm. and once you've committed we expect you to meet that commitment and if you've booked out two or three weeks and after that first or second shift you find that it's not a good fit you're kind of committed to working out that commitment if you just book a few shifts, make sure you like it, exactly. then you're in a much better spot. Yep. Um, I know you mentioned some of the things like parking and where to check in and stuff like that. Um, that stuff is available in the portal, so yes. it's really important for people to, to read those staffing notes because that will give information about you know where to park, where to report the first day, and give some of that data that just helps you feel more comfortable on that first shift. What if one of our clinicians does go out, tries before they buy, finds a location that they absolutely love? Is there a way for them to 
ensure that they get a lot of ships at that location? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple different things that we encourage. One of those is um, setting that facility preference and letting your staffing coordinator know this is a preferred facility for me. Right away then, as soon as that is marked preferred in your profile, whenever that client puts in new shifts, you're going to get an alert right away. We have shift alert text messages that go out. Additionally, as our staffing coordinators are working on these shifts for these clients, you're going to pop up right into the top of that list. If you're preferred and they put in a need, you're going to be right at the top of the list for us to um, reach out to you right away. Um, additionally, we do recommend that when you have a facility that you love, ask your staffing coordinator about the potential for block booking. What that is is a set schedule. Um, you book out a few weeks, even sometimes we've seen a couple months at a time where you can get set up with these clients um, and you don't have to wait for these shifts to come out. You can say, hey, this is the client I really love. I really want to work there. Let your staffing coordinator do that, know that, and then we can get working on those preset schedules or block. Yeah, that's, that's great. Those block bookings um, are fantastic because then those shifts don't go out to anybody else. You've right. kind of locked them down. Um, and you did mention the shift alerts. One thing I always like to point out on those shift alerts is that if you don't open a shift alert, you won't get another shift alert. So um, even if you don't you know, do anything other than opening it, by opening it, you're letting our system know, hey, I like this, I wanna get more of them, because our system doesn't wanna bog you down and send right. you 20 or 30 of those a day. So just a, a really good thing to, uh, to talk about. You also started talking about how marking preferred puts someone to the top of the list. Yes. Um, I know that we talk a lot about updating availability and letting us know what days of the week, what shifts a person wants to work, right. or what shifts they don't want to work. Can you maybe share a little bit about having that regularly updated availability either by calling in and sharing it with your staffing coordinator or by updating it in the portal, how that impacts where someone falls on that list of, of who to call? Absolutely. So anyone with no availability put in their calendar, um, they kind of just come through as an option, neither not available or available. But when you let, a or let your staffing coordinator know someone on the team and say, hey, I'm available for this shift, um, additionally, and say you're available that day, you've told your staffing coordinator, and you're also marked for preferred at that facility, you're going to be pretty much number one on that list. Say we don't have any information about you, and you don't have any information on your availability that day, but you hadn't let us know that you are busy, cannot even take a phone call. That could lead to someone making a phone call and interrupting your day. So the best way to either get phone calls on the days that you want to work and be left alone on the days you don't is to be in contact and update that calendar with your availability. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I always try to tell new clinicians that even if you mark yourself available for work, it doesn't mean you have to work. Right. It really just alerts us that you want to be told about a shift and right. you can still say yes or no. And the same thing with do not work. Right. Marking yourself do not work doesn't mean we're you can't work. If your availability changes, you can always pick up a shift. But it does help when we have the number of clinicians that we do. I mean, you think about the hundreds of people that can show up on a query. You want to make sure that you're in that order where you want to be, whether that's first to be called or last to be called. Right. So, so great, great thoughts there. Um, I know we're, we're talking PRN, and that's primarily what we do here at Integrated and what our, our clinicians are looking for. But we also know that people work for us because they want to have that regular income stream coupled with flexibility. Um, per diem doesn't mean it's last minute all the time. Granted, we do have some last minute, 
Um, how do we how do we ensure our clinicians have a, a good income stream moving forward each week? Can you talk a little bit about that planning process? Yeah, absolutely. So what we recommend is in addition to letting us know your availability, you're in real time kind of letting us know all the other pieces that impact your availability, right? So when you're setting up your schedule, you're pulling out all of your calendars, your other work calendars, your family calendars, your kids' school calendars, and kind of putting that all together. So that way, ahead of time, you can know these are the days this month I want to work. I'm going to jump on that right now. The shifts are available ahead of time, and so I can get those booked. That way, knowing I work another job this day, I have to pick up my school kids from school on these days, I can already have my schedule weeks in advance and know that I've put in those days that I am available to work and picked up those shifts that were already on that calendar. Yeah, that's, that's great. That also is going to give our clinician the best selection of shifts. Um, even if you can't build out your full calendar, because we know flexibility is important. You may not want to commit to four days a week for the next three weeks, but grabbing two, three shifts a week at your favorite locations so that you know you've got those, you can kind of count on them, and then building around that. You know, it may be the Friday before you're looking at your schedule and saying, okay, I've already got, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but gosh, you know, I need a little bit of extra. I've got some time on Friday. Let me see what's available on Friday or Monday or Saturday or Sunday. Or maybe I want to turn that single day shift into a double shift. So I think that's that's great, great advice. Um, obviously, the more flexible our clinicians can be with geography yes. um, and with facilities, the more options they're going to have. Um, if, if you're very limited on how far you can drive, the facilities you want to go to, that is going to limit because, of course, the needs come in from facilities and they're not always the same shifts, the same days at the same facilities. They flex based on their openings. The one other thing I want to talk about, because this is something we, we hear a lot from our clinicians, particularly newer clinicians, is I got canceled. I booked a shift and the client canceled. Um, I know it's part of the process for per diem staffing, um, but maybe let's talk a little bit about why someone might get canceled. What happens and, and maybe how can we prevent that or, or make sure that we still have a good income stream when that does happen? Right. So one of the main reasons that we have a shift canceled by a client is that they have filled that shift internally with their own staff. As we all know, agency staff is here as a backup. Um, we assist these facilities when they don't have their own staff. And so if and when those facility staff, internal staff become available, oftentimes the client will replace an agency staff member with an internal staff member. At that time is when we get notified and the staffing team reaches out to you and says, hey, this shift has canceled. In that moment, that's when we're asking for that open flexibility. We always have shift rebook options. However, it may not be five minutes from the other facility you had booked at. So it's just being understanding that the clients are trying to fill their perfect schedule while you're trying to fill your perfect schedule. So that's kind of what we're here to make work, right? Is seeing the changes, trying to get those information to you as quickly as possible and give you the most options for how to get those hours and not end up losing out. It's just about communicating and being open and flexible. Yeah, and that's, and that's great advice. You know, one thing that our clinicians might not realize is if they get canceled 
at the last minute, you know, two hours before a shift, and they do rebook. Even if they're going to arrive a little bit late at the rebooked shift, oftentimes they'll get paid for, for that full shift yeah. because it's a last minute fill and our clients are more than willing to pay for the full shift Yes, um, if they're going to arrive in a reasonable amount of time you know, from the, the original start time. So um, always a good idea. Um, while you're trying to, to build out your, you know, the clinician's trying to build out their perfect schedule, the facility's trying to build out their perfect schedule as well. So just a couple of things that I always like to throw in there as well. Um, like you said, facilities often cancel when someone internally picks up a shift and, and they have agency staff. Things to keep in mind when they're trying to determine which agency staff person to cancel, they are going to cancel those that are most expensive to the facility. Yes. So that means if you have picked up a bonus shift yes. and they have an agency staff member that's not working bonus, you may be the one to get canceled versus the other agency staff member. If you're in overtime, that might be the one that gets canceled. So just kind of keep that in mind too as you're building out your schedule is, is if you're someone who is you know, really looking for bonuses, which are by and far going away right now post-pandemic, that does increase the chance that you could potentially get canceled versus someone who's not working on a, on a bonus. Absolutely. You know, the, the other thing too is facilities will look at the reliability of the clinician. So if you have built a reputation as someone who has called off in the past, you may be most likely to get canceled. Um, you also might not get confirmed. You're not necessarily not working for integrated, but facilities have the ability to also pick and choose which agency staff members. So, you know, the more reliable you are, the harder you work, the more pleasant you are when you're on shift, those facilities also will mark employees as preferred. So that can certainly help our clinicians get the best schedule. Um, at the end of the day, I think we all just want to meet our obligations, right? Right. Facilities want to have their shifts yep. filled. Clinicians want to make sure that they've got a good, strong paycheck. Um, we all are working together to make sure that patients get the best care. Any um, last minute things to add, Olivia? I think that um, the ability to choose your schedule is one of the big perks of agency, right? And so I think that just really understanding the process of what that looks like, how to get into the shifts you want, and how to communicate with the team here at Integrated, um, I think just knowing those little details is really going to be how you get the best out of what you're looking for here at Integrated. Yeah, great advice. In this day of, of digital platforms and technology, I think what you stated there is communicate with your office. They have so much more information that we can than we could ever communicate via a portal yeah. um, to share with you to help help you be successful. You know, as a reminder to our to our listeners, if you want to reach out to myself or to Olivia or to your local integrated healthcare office, um, check out our show notes. Uh, contact information is there. Um, please subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. We're available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and YouTube. Um, don't hesitate to rate us, provide a review, subscribe to the channels. As always, thanks for listening. You're doing such important work, and we just appreciate everything that you do. Um, here at Integrated, we're so thankful that you're part of the team. Take care, and please join us on our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.